Hello everyone, I'm Jamal Adams. And I'm Nate Sessoms. And this is Just Conversations with Jamal and Nate. We are so excited to welcome you to welcome you all to this pilot episode today. We are joined today by Chris Kerr, Executive Director of the Ignatian Solidarity Network. Hey Ignatian family. Hey everybody. <laughs> right back at you, Chris. Right now we're going to introduce you to the concept behind Just Conversations and with Chris's help to the Ignatian Solidarity Network. Before we do that, talk a little bit about ourselves. As I said, my name is Jamal Adams. I'm a proud native of Los Angeles, California, and also a proud father, a proud husband, a proud son, and a proud uncle. I am twice Jesuit educated, having the blessing of going to Loyola High School in Los Angeles, as well as getting my master's in education from Loyola Marymount University. Athletics have been central to my experience as hoops has really been a, a conduit for me to see the world, the country, and to experience a lot of new people playing both in high school and in college at Columbia University, and over the last 16 years of my life serving as the head coach at Loyola High School. It's interesting because I'm about to enter into my third transition in my career. So after I graduated from Columbia University, I spent almost 12 years working in the finance field. Uh, working both on the institutional and private wealth side. Um, I, I moved into education really because I saw uh, myself wanting to make a bigger difference in the world. And I also was navigating a family, a tragedy. I lost my younger brother, who was also in the finance career, also went to Loyola High School to brain cancer at 31. And I just imagined that there was more to life than chasing dollars. So I found my way back to Loyola, as I said, to teach. Uh, where I taught econ and African-American studies. I coached basketball. Um, and then the last six years, uh, I was able to help pioneer our efforts in diversity, equity, inclusion as becoming the first director of that office of equity inclusion at Loyola High School. I'm really excited because in a few short weeks, I'm gonna be moving to my third transition and that is to become the principal of Loyola, I'm sorry, excuse me, of LaSalle High School um, and, and Pasadena, California, a co-ed Catholic um, school that serves about 640 students. At this point, I really am looking forward uh, to entering into these conversations and most especially spending time with my good friend and co-host, Dr. Nate Sessom. Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? What is up, Jamal? It is great to be here. Um, I, I, I was enjoying hearing you talk about uh, yourself. And um, it, like you, as you said, it's, it's great to be in this space with you, brother, uh, anytime. Uh, so, uh, unlike Jamal, I'm not from Los Angeles. I was born and raised in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and normally when you talk about Cleveland, Ohio, it means you know cold weather and you know snow. So, uh, familiar with that. Uh, I was raised uh, Catholic and into Catholic schools. I am formally trained as a geographer and urban planner, and I spent 15 years working in uh, community development and race relations in the nonprofit realm. Uh, through my planning background, I became involved in after-school programs and various educational initiatives. Uh, both my parents were teachers, so it was a natural transition for me. Um, eventually, I transitioned into the world of higher ed uh, on a full-time basis at Loyola Marymount University in West Los Angeles. Uh, I served uh, as a director of the Office of Black Student Services for six years there, and still teaching the Department of Sociology at LMU. Uh, so I continue to work with, uh, with amazing college students. Uh, upon leaving Student Affairs, uh, I started my uh, own diversity and educational equity consulting firm called Success Beyond Measure. And Success Beyond Measure really is the product of um, uh, a lot of my experiences uh, in the realms of race and racism. 
throughout my, I would say professional career, but also my, my life. Um, and so in that role, I work with community-based and nonprofit organizations, for-profit entities, and a lot of schools who uh, are seeking to create environments that are more just and, and more equitable. So uh, again, I'm really happy to be in this space. I'm looking forward to engaging in some riveting conversations on race, on faith, on Catholic education, uh, with a side of justice, equity, and activism. And, and most of all, I'm looking forward to assisting our listeners and better understanding themselves. And, and I don't pretend to be a psychologist, uh, but I do believe that the first step in understanding others is to, uh, is to understand yourself. So um, I think if people better understood themselves, and in particular their own fears and, and, and hesitations, they could engage more intentionally uh, with some of the issues we're going to be talking about with respect to race and racism, equity, justice, and the like. So I've been looking forward to this. Uh, Jamal, I know you've been looking forward to this uh, Can't for wait. some time. Yeah, uh, this is great. So uh, as always, it's great to connect with my guy, my fellow Clevelander, uh, Chris Kerr, who, uh, as Jamal said earlier, is executive director of the Ignatian Solidarity Network. Chris, why don't you hop on the mic, my friend, and tell us about yourself and, and uh, share some things with us about ISN. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. It's great to be here to be with a, a basketball coach and a geographer. Uh, it's pretty, pretty fun, <laughs> pretty cool, right? So, um, and we're just so grateful. The Ignatian Solidarity Network is so grateful for your willingness to uh, create the space of conversation between the two of you and uh, on on uh, really important topics at a really important time, and to bring other voices into it. We're, we're super excited. So, thank you. Um, I've been with the Asian Solidarity Network uh, working in, in, in this role for the past 10 years now, which is kind of crazy, but um, like Jamal, uh, kind of a product of Jesuit education, uh, graduate of uh, Walsh Jesuit High School in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and then attended John Carroll University a couple times. Um, had the chance to work uh, both at the elementary, secondary, and higher ed level of Catholic education. And, um, but did all that uh, while also uh, exploring for myself and inviting others to explore uh, the realities of injustice that exist in our world and the ways that we can work to build a more just world. And that's really what the Ignatian Solidarity Network is about, is about people working together to build a more just world, rooted in faith, uh, rooted in a deep uh, commitment to uh, ensuring or working to ensure that everyone's inherent dignity is uh, is upheld and and and, um, and that we care for our earth. And so that's what we do at ISN. We do, it, we do it through education. We do it through networking. We do it through advocacy. Our work is uh, rooted uh, not only in our, uh, the Catholic uh, social uh, teaching tradition, but also in the legacy of um, the six Jesuits and two laywomen who were murdered on Salvador in 1989. Uh, that event and way that they were working to try to build a more... Uh, just uh, El Salvador is a really important part of, of who we are as an organization. Um, so that's a little bit about about me, a little bit about ISN, and, and excited to, to keep learning about this podcast. Well, thanks, uh, Chris. And uh, trust me, um, Nate and I are fired up to be a part of this. You know, your leadership, um, your invitation to be a part of the ISN 
um, and all that is done in those uh, within that organization has really been um, kind of the pinnacle of, of my own social justice uh, journey. I would start by saying that, right, I am the son of, of two. My mom and dad met at Cal Berkeley. Um, they went to Berkeley from 68 to 72. Um, and uh, if you know anything about history at that time, that was the confluence of the civil rights movement, the black power movement from the Panthers, the Nation of Islam, um, to hate Ashbury and the hippie movement. As a young man, um, I always think I was formed uh, definitely by my Jesuit education, but also of the education of my parents and uh, and read so many books from the autobiography of Malcolm X to Seize the Time by Bobby Seale as a teenager that started to shape my thought about race. Um, and it's really as I've navigated my career in education from the different social justice things I did at Loyola to arriving at the teaching in 2017 and really being blown away. That's the word I would use. Absolutely blown away by a multiple uh, different things. First off, the energy, thousands and thousands of other uh, folks in Catholic education coming to D.C. under the auspices of learning, of growing and then being active, actually um, being involved in the process of trying to make a difference from social change uh, was something that just lit me up. I had so many moments of keynotes from Father Massengale to Sister Chappelle and Father Boyle and multitudes of others and breakouts and other institutions that were just doing this unbelievable work that really pushed me to want to do better, not only uh, at the larger level, at the national or global level, but really back locally in Los Angeles and at Loyola High School. I was, I, I was so lifted up by the willingness to have difficult conversations um, and really to see young people. Like, I always say this, like the best teachers in my life have been people much younger than me. And in these spaces at the Ignatian Family Teaching, I would just get so much great knowledge, so much perspective that helped. That that included our times going on Capitol Hill to push for uh, immigration reform or Clean um, Dream Act or, or to deride and push against mass incarceration. Um, and all of this has just really been um, one of the great... Um, things that I've participated in my life. Beyond that, beyond that, I've also really loved um, um, how the Ignatius Solidarity Network gives us these tools, these tools in our own lives to think about race uh, from the 21-day racial challenge or the racial novena or even the spaces that are really directed towards our faith and formation. I've been lucky enough to write for the uh, the Lenten series the last four years and, and really encouraged to think about my own perspective as a black man, as my faith, as, Catholic, as a Catholic, um, and how my prayer um, can, and how those things can inform my prayer um, in that most blessed time um, in the Catholic calendar. So I, I'm just absolutely excited about the intersection of our work, my best, one of my best friends in the world, Nate, uh, and the things that we're trying to do. Nate, why don't you jump in here and tell us a little bit about your connection to ISN? Yeah, happy to. Um, so Jamal, it was really interesting. You started off uh, uh, the podcast talking about uh, your brother, your family, your brother, and, and dealing with loss. And, and so, uh, and, and you talked about your parents uh, being at Berkeley. And so, you know, uh, I'm an only child, uh, uh, certainly heavily influenced by my parents. Both, I mentioned earlier, were educators. And uh, my parents were uh, educators at schools in inner city Cleveland. Um, 
you know, I had the kind of parents that would, you know, my mom would say, hey, you know, it's it's uh, late July, early August time to, you know, look at your closet, think about school shopping. And we'd go buy some pants and some shirts or whatnot. I'm thinking, okay, I have this expansive closet now. I'm I'm, I'm moving up in terms of social status. I'm going to have all this, you know, fresh gear. And then both of my parents would then raid the closet and say, okay, well, you had this last year. We're taking these pants and these shirts to school. And I'm thinking, why are you taking pants and shirts to kids at school? And, you know, my parents sat me down and explained to me that, you know, we had the means to for me to have new clothes, but for the kids that they were teaching, um, you know, having new clothes and, uh, you know, was a struggle uh, for a lot of them. And so I learned early on that uh, we aren't all, um, you know, living the same life, that we have different experiences. We come from different backgrounds. And, uh, you know, my parents were advocates. They were uh, in their own ways activists, I would even say. And so that was sort of my my launch point into uh, thinking about uh, how how do you make life better for, for others? Is it possible to live a life, um, you know, where where you as an individual are happy, but uh, at the same time ensure that others are happy as well? So uh, there's there's some irony, uh, you know, in being here today. Uh, as I think about my connection to ISN, uh, I started at Loyola Marymount University in uh, the summer, late summer of. 2014. It was actually a week uh, after Michael Brown was murdered in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, and so here I am coming out of, uh, uh, I was a chief of staff for a well-known uh, black-led nonprofit in South Los Angeles that focused specifically on uh, the school to prison pipeline, you know, uh, breaking down the school to prison pipeline, uh, issues associated with educational equity uh, and LAUSD, um, prison reform. I mean, you, you if it was a, a, a you know, uh, an issue surrounding race, we were on top of it, particularly with uh, with the black and brown community. Um, and so I land uh, at LMU, and needless to say, it was a very, very different environment. Um, and so about a week or two, uh, you know, after starting at LMU, um, you know, I got a call from Chris, and, uh, you know, Chris was saying, hey, you know, we're getting ready to do this podcast. I'm with, I, you know, ISN, had no idea what ISN was. Uh, and he says, hey, you know, we're looking to speak with people, um, you know, working in uh, cultural centers or, uh, you know, different roles on college campuses about how they are working in campus environments to, you know, help students heal or, or move forward from, you know, what's going on in Ferguson. And I remember saying to Chris, you know, I'm new. I've been here a couple of weeks. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. And he goes, that's cool. You know, we want to hear from you, too. Other people are going to be in the same situation. So it'd be good if you can, you know, share your perspective. And so I thought, cool. OK, so in many ways, um, the ISN was really the the entity that sort of uh, reached out to me and said, hey, we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, and that meant a lot to me at that time uh, because I, I felt like I had a voice, but I was trying to figure out how to use it in a very new environment. So uh, needless to say, I stayed involved with uh, with ISN, uh, regularly stayed in communication with Chris. Um, when Chris would come, uh, would, would do his visits around the country and come, he would come to LMU, uh, we always had coffee and just we stayed in contact via email. Uh, we we certainly commiserated around Cleveland sports teams, uh, which is which is a, a time honored tradition for I think all Clevelanders. Uh, but uh, Chris was always ready to connect around issues of race and racism. He would share articles. I'd send something back. We just have a random phone call. So uh, over the years, we built a really strong relationship. I felt very close to ISN. I had a chance to write. Um, uh, for some of the uh, the, the offerings, uh, sort of the, the Lenten um, uh, offerings and things like that. And so when I left Student Affairs, one of my first calls was to Chris to share the news with him, but also to say that I wanted to remain involved with uh, with ISN. Uh, had a chance to participate in the teach-in this past year and uh, conducted a session on anti-racism. 
Uh, and so the podcast for me, uh, as I continue to, to remain engaged uh, with ISN, is you know does a few things. One, uh, for me, it, it, it and, I, and I'm hoping for everyone else, it keeps the conversation going around race and racism, right? This is not a time uh, to relax by any means. So, you know, it's one thing for people to be fired up and, and ready to talk and, and, and speak out when uh, George Floyd is murdered, but it doesn't mean that things can get quiet, you know, two weeks later, right? So we have to keep the momentum going. Um, along those lines, we have to understand that race and racism impact people's lives every day. Uh, so if we're going to be in on the creation of a more equitable and just society, uh, that is a daily journey, right? Not just when everybody is in an uproar. Uh, it has to happen. And we have to engage in that uh, individuals first. Um, so uh, lastly, I would just say I think the podcast is an opportunity uh, to help us all be proactive rather than reactive. I know that's a challenge. Uh, I think that that uh, is faced by many, but it's something I think we need to, to work against uh, to the best of our ability. So uh, having said all that, Chris, I'm going to bring you back in and, and, and tell us a little bit about why ISN uh, is involved, but I'll also say has been involved for a long time in bringing uh, just conversations into the world. So talk maybe talk to us a little bit about uh, how this podcast relates to, uh, to ISN's history and, of course, its mission. Yeah, thanks, Nate, and, and thanks to both of you. I, I, I'm enjoying this conversation just because I'm learning a little bit more about you guys, and John, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about your brother. And, and Nate, I didn't realize your, your parents were, were teachers, of course. I, I started out as a teacher in an uh, urban school, and, and my wife's a teacher, so we, we, uh, teaching is a part of my kind of ethos, so uh, cool to hear that, that connection. Um, you know, for ISN, I think one one thing that you pointed out, Nate, is the idea that uh, this work around racial justice and racial equity is something that has been evolving over time, and and I really equate that back to um, our roots in in the the loss of the the six Jesuits and two lay women at the Jesuit University in El Salvador in 1989. A lot of times when people hear about the that event that happened on the campus where Salvadoran soldiers, 26 Salvadoran soldiers stormed onto the campus, broke into the Jesuit residence, killed the six priests, killed the two women. And they say, oh, that, that's terrible that, that that event happened. I wonder what they did to cause that. And the thing about it was, though, is it wasn't um, the, the reason the government was uncomfortable with the work of the Jesuits and their university uh, and, and the work they were doing to call attention to injustice in El Salvador through academic research, through teaching, through uh, public discourse, that work had been going on for a long time. Those Jesuits had arrived in El Salvador in 1968 um, and, and had progressively been working, or even, even maybe even a little bit earlier, mid-60s, and had progressively been working uh, to build a university that could do the critical social analysis of what was happening in the country and, and work to, to build a community of people who, who cared about that, uh, the realities of injustice, realities of economic poverty, of military repression. When we think about that history, that legacy that we are rooted in as an Ignatian family, um, we have to apply that mindset to how we work on racial justice. And so when I think of some of our work, uh, one, many of the, uh, camp, the institutions that are a part of our network have been in metro areas that have experienced uh, great loss uh, in those communities. Uh, loss is the loss of black men and women uh, killed, uh, in many cases killed by, by law enforcement. When we think about Tamir Rice or Michael, uh, Tamir Rice in Cleveland, Michael Brown in St. Louis, uh, Freddie Gray, right? Um, and, and, and we, this litany of, of names of people we've lost um, 
you know, and we've seen uh, institutions struggle to uh, figure out how to respond. Um, it, it brings up the point of it's not just what we do today. It's what we are doing every day to build, you know, a more equitable, more equitable communities. And so for ISN, you know, I, I look back at you know, some of the ways we've been able to address this issue over the course of time, uh, thinking about uh, keynote speakers who, who offered, you know, deep, deep reflections on, on racial inequity and working for racial justice. Folks like Maureen O'Connell, Lisa, Lisa Sharon Harper, Greg Chisholm, uh, Father Greg Chisholm, Sister Patty Chappelle, and Father Brian Massigale, who Jamal referenced in 2017, um, and, and so on. And then, and then the other ways we started to try, uh, you know, we've been trying to encourage the Ignatian Network, uh, walk with the Ignatian Network, um, to to dig into these uh, issues and you know Nate you sharing that podcast it's it's really I, I don't think I appreciated how new you were to LMU when you when you jumped in there and what like what, what courage that took to to kind of say yeah I'm willing to offer some perspective even though I'm I'm new to this work I'm kind of you know uh, trying to figure you know out uh, how to navigate this all myself so that was uh, really valuable and I think you know it's a great example of the importance of talking about these issues. We are not going to be able to address the issues that our society faces, our church faces, our Ignatian network faces if we're not willing to talk about them, right? And, and to have space. And that's why this podcast is so important to create space to, to dig into some of these tough issues to, and, and to, to understand them better, to get new perspectives on them, to reflect on them in the context of our faith um, is is so vital. So I'm I'm really excited to have this space within this uh, podcast that you guys are hosting uh, to you know for people to to do that that deeper work and to do it over time. You know, it's not just what y'all are going to do in one episode. It's going to be the compilation, the the you know the the collection of thoughts and ideas and and passion that are shared that's going to really have an impact. So thank you for doing that. Chris, thank you so much for that context. Yeah, that was really important to hear. Um, I know two things. One, um, that Nate and I have landed in the right place, that this coalition is, 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 and, and working with you and your team is, is definitely, uh, humbling and, and, and something that we're very honored to take on. And two, um, um, as I heard you talk about the IACN, I'm, I'm reflecting on a book I'm reading right now by Brene Brown called Dare to Lead. And one of the things she says about like really courageous leadership is that we've got to be brave and afraid at the same time. And I think this podcast and what we want to do is, uh, is welcome our listeners to be brave and afraid at the same time. Let's really dig into the muck and, and really have some conversations that on the other side, uh, we can all end up in a better place, a better understanding. And then, um, you know, that next step, which is where we can actually put um, our thoughts and words into action. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how, how all this context has set us up uh, to, to land in this space and why launching the Just Conversation podcast is right on time. Thank you. Did you know that the Ignatian Solidarity Network holds the largest annual Catholic Social Justice Conference 
in the country each year in Washington, D.C. In 2021, the Ignatian Family Teach-In is not one, but two conferences, complete with unique speaker lineups, networking opportunities, and opportunities to engage in action for justice. Join virtually on Saturday, October 16th, and in person in Washington, D.C. from November 6th to the 8th. No matter how you join, you'll imagine a path forward with the, with the Ignatian family as we put faith into action to build a more just world. Learn more and register, register today at ignatiansolidarity.net slash IFTJ. That's ignatiansolidarity.net slash IFTJ. Welcome back. Let's pivot a bit now and let's talk about how Just Conversations Nate and Jamal came to be. I think I'd be remiss to, to if I didn't start with just like the idea of how me and Nate met. One of our dear friends, a, a friend of our, both of us, Melvin Roberts, had the position at LMU uh, in terms of plaque student services prior to Nate. And, and, uh, and I had been helping Melvin and, and mentoring some of the young uh, college students at LMU from my perspective at Loyola High. Um, and as Melvin was moving on to chase his dream to become a broadcaster, he told me about this unbelievable um, person in the in the case of, of Dr. Sessions, who was coming in to to uh, to replace him, and how he really wanted to put the two of us in the same space, um, and says we both got really busy. I think I was just starting my role as a director of, of equity inclusion at Loyola. Nate was trying to figure out university life, and so it was kind of hit and miss. Uh, you know, in terms of our ability to really to connect, I remember I was speaking at LMU for a sports conference, um, sports and justice conference, and walking to my car, bumped into Nate, and we both said, "Hey, man, we got to connect." And uh, and those exchanges uh, seem to keep happening, but I think they're also cosmic. We kept finding ourselves in the same space. So then. Um, I think as we all can attest, a little over a year ago, uh, the world stopped, um, right? The pandemic caused all of us to stop and to watch. And what we watched uh, was the murder of George Floyd. And at that point, it really began to mobilize, you know, the idea uh, that our conscious, particularly our conscious, Nate and I's conscious, uh, we started to just to have conversations about like what's going on and, and dealing with our emotions. You add into it the tumultuous 2020 election um, se- season um, and, and culminating with the siege on the Capitol in July 6th. And all I could tell you is that uh, Nate and I just kept talking and kept talking and kept talking. Um, in terms of formal work, again, um, under the genius um, and led by Chris and the Ignatius Solidarity Network, uh, Nate and I were invited uh, with also our dear friends Carlos Jimenez of Bellarmine Prep in San Jose and Marcos Gonzalez, uh, who is um, working at an elementary school, nativity school in Chicago, to begin to imagine a matrix. Like, what, what does diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism work look like at um, a secondary uh, school level? And we started to build what it meant individually, institutionally, um, in community, what are some of the tools that one might need, and we, we started to have these meetings and built this matrix and then did a call around that that was was tremendously well received, and, and really I think the spark of Just Conversations was this idea of like, 
Could we have these conversations in a public way that would invite other people not only to witness the things that we're talking about or to experience the things that we're talking about, but to engage in us, to 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 talk back to us, right? We are two black men formed in our educational experiences in Catholic education, uh, both as students and as educators. Um, and we're hoping that we can, can bring that to light, right? You know, we, we are very... Um, cognizant of the fact that we work and live in spaces that necessarily weren't built for our well-being, our maturation and growth, but we also have found a way to navigate those places, to build coalition, to build allies, um, and to imagine a, a better world, right? A, a, a world or these institutions that can really live up to to what their mission calls them to do. I think the other part that makes this so timely for just conversations is that I think the Jesuits, particularly in the larger church globally, are really grappling with some serious um, historical issues. How how were we involved? How was the church? How were the Jesuits involved in the westward expansion of the of the country? And then specifically, um, as we've seen in the news, um, how specifically have the Jesuits been involved in the owning and trafficking of enslaved African Americans historically? And what are they doing from a uh, a reparations uh, standpoint? And so, I think all of this makes for really interesting times i think some really rich soil uh for for nate and i to kind of cultivate and to imagine and to bring conversations to you our listeners uh, and and again i can't tell you how excited i am to be here at this time and space particularly with my brother nate and so maybe nate why can why don't you share a little bit about why you feel called to this work and to this podcast yeah i'm i'm certainly happy to do so and, and thanks jamal um you know, I, I mentioned this earlier before Chris shared a little bit more about ISN, but I, but I think it's really important to highlight that the ISN has always been intentional uh, in choosing speakers, um, hosting events, um, uh, and and really confronting white supremacy. If we're going to be blunt about it, I mean, so for me, um, you know, back to that first conversation I had with Chris, and Chris, I'm glad that you didn't realize how how, how new I was to the space because if you had brought it up, I might have been like, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> maybe it was good. Maybe it was good uh, that, that, you know, Ignorance was is a good going. thing sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Because you might have been like, um, he's probably not the guy to be saying something. So, uh, but as I recall, it was actually, I thought it was a pretty good podcast. I mean, we all were kind of putting the truth out there. So it was, so it was really cool. But I think, um, you know, Jamal, you referenced uh, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of reflection, you know, with the with the pandemic. People have ample time uh, because we're so isolated uh, to reflect. Uh, but I think, you know, it boils down to, to a few points. First of all, the, the murder of uh, George Floyd and the circumstances surrounding it uh, was a surprise to some. But there's a, an entirely different population that it wasn't, you know, surprising at all. Um, Facts. You know, a lot of the circles that you and I are in, uh, we were like, you know, uh, we it's it's on tape, you know, like like these are things that I think Jamal, you and I have talked about happening all the time. You uh, being a Facts. father, thinking about you know police um, fear around police and, and your children driving to and from. Uh, you know, I've had instances uh, where I've had uh, <laughs> rough interaction with, with uh, police officers, and and so these are things that that you know some people know a lot about. Uh, other people are surprised by, and I think in that moment, uh, for for people who did not know that these things happened or didn't realize that uh, when when 
uh, people are, are protesting against police uh, misuse of authority and the like, that, that they're not joking, that they're not making these stories up, that it's not about, you know, you need to just comply. You know, that's not the reality for a lot of us. So, you know, people are asking, well, you know, OK, we need to do something. What, what are we called to do? And so I think it's important that I think it's great that people feel like they need to act. Uh, I think that's fantastic. But I also think that they have to be careful, uh, mindful and strategic about the way they you know, go about acting. Uh, so, you know, if you're not careful, then you can actually make things worse. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, fear is something that we'll be talking a lot about. Uh, you mentioned Jamal, you know, uh, being afraid, uh, but also being brave. Uh, I love Brene Brown. I think she's amazing. If people don't know Brene Brown, please check her out on, on YouTube and, and check out her, her books. Um, but I think as, a, as an example, we start to hear a lot of conversation around, uh, being anti-racist. Right. And, and people wanting to be anti-racist, but not really knowing what that means or understanding what uh, it calls for you to do. Um, so, you know, I think one of the things that, that, that I'm looking forward to, to doing via the podcast is really digging into some conversation about anti-racism, um, you know, uh, helping people understand that anti-racism is not just about black people. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's more so about justice and equity for all people. Um, you know, and, and what do we mean, what do we mean when we say things like defund the police, right? I know people have these ideas of, you know, if we're not going to have police, then we have this neighborhood militia that runs around with these, you know, I don't know <laughs> if it's, if it's muskets or I, I don't know, but, you know, you hear these, you hear these crazy ideas and it's like, well, wait a minute, let's think about what it means to defund the police. Let's think about how bloated police budgets are. Let's think about instead of defunding, let's talk about what it means to refund community organizations that are looking to do, or I shouldn't say looking, but but have been doing um, work in communities that um, that allow uh, the underserved uh, to have uh, much needed resources and, and services. You know, what is critical race theory? You know, let's dig into that. Let's talk about it, not be fearful of it. Let's let's understand what it is and, and how it brings about change. So I think you know those are the kind of things that are appealing to me. Those are the kind of things that I think we can certainly talk about and engage in conversation around via the podcast. Um, you know, I do want to highlight that a, another uh, issue that came up uh, right after uh, George Floyd was murdered was you see this immediate rush to highlight Juneteenth. Right. And so yesterday uh, the House uh, passes the uh, Senate bill and now Juneteenth is a federal holiday. But helping people understand what you know, what Juneteenth is, uh, I think that's important. We don't want to uh, promote, you know, uh, federal holidays and people are celebrating, but they don't quite know what they're celebrating. Think that's important to make sure people don't remain, uh, you know, ignorant around things like that. Uh, so, you know, I look forward to um, through this work, digging into the issues, you know, uh, rolling our sleeves, helping to build understanding, uh, talking about the language we use. Language is super important, uh, and and really to your point, Jamal, about action, getting to the point where we can really get into devising and enacting some very real and tangible uh, solutions. Right in the post George Floyd era, um, we have to take action. Right. So. Uh, so, Chris, you know, I, I'm going to bring you back in. You know, what, what would you say is ISN's, um, uh, you know, role in bringing this podcast to life? What, what would you say to that? Yeah. So I, I um I was thinking a little bit about uh, the, the past year uh, or a little more than a year since since George George Floyd was was murdered in Minneapolis, you know, and the ways that uh, ISN has seen people within within the Jesuit network within but really within within the church within the Catholic Church um, wanting to to dig deeper 
Uh, and I, I can take, I have two takes on that. One take is, uh, well, where have you been? You know, like, where, like <laughs> what, t- right. what took you so long? But the other take is, okay, you're here now. Let's talk, right? Like, let's, let's dig. Let's, let's, let's get into this. It's been really interesting to see um, in all realms of the types of institutions we work with, uh, secondary schools, universities, parishes, um, that there is, there is a hunger uh, for this. And I, I think that that's, um, you know, as I said earlier, I think that's the only way, it's, 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 it's not the only way, but it's a huge part of how, as a society, as a church, even as an Ignatian and Jesuit network, that we we dig into the, that we really dig into these sort of things and start to make some substantial change in our society for the for for the good. I um in in my in my home life, uh, I'm part of a, a Catholic parish that is um uh, I would describe it as somewhat racially diverse. And right before the pandemic, they had started to engage in a, a series of um, conversations about uh, race equity and our Catholic faith. Um, and uh, the conversations were, were great because they would have about 250 people in the room uh, sitting at tables uh, with people of different racial and ethnic backgrounds at each table. And, uh, each time we'd make sure there was time for people to talk uh, and learn about each other's experiences of society, of the church, the Catholic church, of their own parish um, over, over their lives. And it was for many people, that was the first time they had talked with someone from a different racial or ethnic background about their experience, particularly of, of faith of their faith life, of their life in the church, their life at that parish. Um, and it was, it was, was really eye-opening for folks. It was really informative for folks. And so I hope that this podcast um, can, can kind of be the sort of thing that sheds light uh, like that experience I had in my parish did where we can, you all, you, you know, you and Jamal can talk about important issues you know, you brought up critical race theory. I mean, across the across Catholic education and and in secular society, we're seeing a lot of uh, criti- public criticism. Uh, not really just public <laughs> criticism, but we're seeing legislation being passed in states banning the teaching of critical race theory. Right? Absolutely. We're seeing groups of uh, parents and alumni openly advocating against their Catholic school teaching uh, or talking about or even analyzing critical race theory within their school. Um, these are some things that need to be dug into because, uh, you know, we're, I, I think, you know, to your point around the idea of Juneteenth and do we understand it before we celebrate it? Do we know what we're celebrating? Critical race theory. Do we understand it before we criticize it, before we create legislation to ban it? Do we even know what we're talking about and why, you know, what, what it might bring to the conversation around building a more uh, just society. So I'm really excited for uh, the ways that you guys will be able to do that in this space. Um, I know you've got lots of lots of great ideas about that. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, thank you, Chris. And I just think it's ironic. Uh, I've been thinking about this for the last week or so that that at the, at simultaneously as, as we are passing legislation to create a new national holiday around, uh, you know, the emancipation and, and really the, the word of emancipation making its way to Texas, uh, in the celebration of Juneteenth, that at the exact same time, we have the same 
legislative bodies trying to ban critical race theory and anti-racism type of uh, education in our schools for the young people. Like, you know, this is just, uh, you know, I, I guess in a, a popular colloquialism, I would say, Nate, make it make sense, right? So <laughs> it's, a, it's a sad day when, when, uh, when teaching, teaching young people uh, about uh, things like that, teaching young people, educating young people becomes controversial. That, Amen. That's, I mean, that's senseless but anyway amen amen well again thanks chris we're gonna take another quick break and when we come back we're gonna break down the logistics of just conversations so you our listeners know what to expect trying to share your passion for a faith that does justice with the whole world? The Ignatian Solidarity Network's online store is the place for you. The ISN store is filled with faith and justice resources and ethically made t-shirts, banners, signs, and more. Check out the Ignatian Solidarity Network online store at igsol.net forward slash store. That's igsol.net forward slash store. Welcome back. So you may be asking, what is this podcast going to look like? Well, our goal is to to, to have a, a podcast at least once a month. If we can find our way to do it uh, a, a, a little bit more regular than that, then we will we'll do make every effort to do that. And again, we're hoping to create robust conversations and deep thinking about current events, what's new in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and anti-racism work. We hope to have esteemed guests and panels, uh, but very importantly to both Nate and I, I mean, we've talked about this yeah. when we were approached, is that we really want to hear from our listeners. Yep. So we're really looking forward from interaction. We want to hear your thoughts, your questions, your topics you like us to, 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 to discuss, and really um, help us shape what Just Conversations becomes. You can do that, right, by reaching out to us on our email, Just Conversations at ignatiansolidarity.net. Again, you can email us at justconversations at ignatiansolidarity.net. And we hope that you'll start to make time in this hectic world to listen, to think, and to grow. At this point, I'm going to pass it to my boy, Nate. Tell us some of the topics you think that we'll start to encounter over the next couple of months. No, Jamal, I, I am certainly excited about some of the topics we've been uh, dialoguing around. Uh, you know, to your point, I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to be current. We're going to talk about uh, the topics of the day. Uh, there's obviously some historical uh, context that we, we need to provide and we need to dig into. Um, and you mentioned this idea about uh, engaging various audiences. I mean, I think, you know, there are things we need to do around, uh, you know, critiquing and really thinking about... Uh, Jesuit vernacular or nomenclature, right? So, so in this post uh, George Floyd era, right? Uh, what 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 is the modus, right? How we how how do we begin to think uh, in different ways about the restless desire to do more? What is the more with respect to race and racism uh, and all forms of oppression and marginalization? Uh, how do we think about cura personalis, right? How do we think about becoming persons for and with others? Uh, to me. Uh, 
you know, there's always a conversation to be had around those uh, those ideas, those ideals. But uh, more now, you know, now more than ever before, uh, it's time to have that conversation and really dig deep. Um, you know, again, we mentioned earlier, we were talking about what uh, anti-racism is and what it is not. Uh, Chris just um, talked about, you know, critical race theory, you know, really digging into those terms. So, you know, if at least people have an idea of what, what it is we're actually talking about before they decide that, you know, there's apprehension or, or you know, they have something to say about it. Um, you know, I, I think Chris mentioned uh, this idea of, of sort of the expansive work of the ISN and working with parishes, working with, uh, you know, Jesuit high schools, Jesuit colleges and universities. Uh, we need to talk about institutional inertia. You know, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with that term, institutional inertia, but uh, there are a lot of people working within those institutions I just I just mentioned, and they're trying to push and move uh, conversations around diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism, and, and, and it's challenging. It's a challenging walk, um, and we need to figure out why that is and sort of talk about that. So how do we deal with um, inertia? Uh, there's also, Jamal, you know this, a lot of faculty and staff members, uh, you know, at Jesuit high schools and universities who are managing uh, DEI work. Um, uh, this is also happening in parishes. Boy, and they're carrying a load by themselves. They're carrying a load, right? Uh, that's a tough life. Um, how do we uh, help people understand their experiences, right? It, 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 for people that want to be helpful um, within these institutions, I think they need to understand the lives uh, led by people who are um, called to do this work, not just because their title says, uh, DEI coordinator or director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, so how do we lighten their load by helping people understand their reality? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. Some of uh, our conversations are going to be challenging for people. Um, I think, uh, you know, conflict a part of this work. Uh, I would just add that um, in my mind, uh, you know, the conflict isn't the part that is most important, right? Anytime you have more than one person in a given space, there's a chance that you're going to have conflict. It's how we handle and manage the conflict that I think promotes growth. So, uh, you know, I hope people are ready to grow. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Jamal, we're going to be engaging with these topics through different formats. So we're going to have guests. We're going to be engaging with panels. Uh, hope to have some administrators uh, on board and, and we can talk to them. And, you know, I'm most excited about hearing from some students. Uh, you know, those of you out there that work with students, you know the kind of energy they bring to the table and how you can sort of... Um, engage with them in a particular way where you feel that energy as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to, I'm ready to start rolling. So, uh, you know, Jamal, I'll pass it back to you, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I've got my pen and paper here and I'm jotting down all kinds of ideas and guests and things like that. So I really need to slow down, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, I'm going to hand it back to you, my friend. My, my, well, one, I, I love all those topics. Um, they're also relevant. Um, to my prior work, to my work as I go forward. And I, I, I would say to you what, what I really love and what one of my favorite things about you, um, and why I think these conversations could be cool is like, I'm really looking forward kind of in the Ignatian Solidarity Network, uh, like ethos is to, um, grow the tent. Right. Can we grow the tent of who's involved? Who's having these conversations? Uh, right. Can we can we can we um, can we find a space, a creative space where people aren't afraid to make a mistake? Right. Um, you know, a topic that we didn't talk about, but but is germane to this work is is the idea of cancel culture um, and or accountability. Like, what is that line? 
um, of where people, uh, you know, we, we want people to, to be brave and to, to talk about maybe things that they aren't familiar with and, and, and are ignorant about so that, that we could come to this more enlightened uh, uh, new space. And so um, in a real way, um, one of my favorite mentors um, taught me at Loyola and then hired me at Loyola to teach. Uh, one of my favorite sayings he said is like, you know, our, our job as educators is to to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And I hope that Just Conversations is, a, is, in, a, is in a space, right, to do that. So I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for listening to our pilot, our, our pilot episode of Just Conversations. Um, Nate and I and Chris, who has given us this platform, are really excited about what this could be. But what it's going to be is, is what you all our listeners pour into it. So again, I just want to emphasize, we want to hear your ideas and thoughts. So please reach out to us at justconversations at ignatiansolidarity.net. And you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this conversation with others in your life that are engaged in DEI work, anti-racism work, or just don't know and want to learn. Please share this with the curious. And uh, as a final thing, I'd like to say, we look forward to continue to connect with you guys on this journey. Um, we want this to be a place of love and growth and our way uh, of helping us um, become persons for and with others. Be well and God bless.